What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Pewter Plank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. We have reached episode two now of our Locked On series of the progressive mock draft to kind of show what some of the other people covering the team think that their team is going to do in the draft. And with the first pick last week, if you hadn't heard, haven't heard the episode with Jeff Lloyd from the locked on Browns podcast, he selected Sam Darnold, the quarterback number one overall for the Cleveland Browns. And we are very pleased to bring on from G covering the New York giants, Kurt Mackison. Kurt, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Doing doing very well, especially <clears throat> since the Bolts are beating the Bruins for the first time this season. It makes me a happy camper. There you go. Uh, did you catch the uh, opening day at Yankee Stadium at all? Uh, I I heard that that Stanton got booed out of the stadium for what do you have like four or five strikeouts? Yeah, he struck out five times. Yeah, he's just pushing too hard. It's his yeah. first game there. He's pushing too hard. Now, see, I'm I'm a Bucks fan. I'm a Lightning fan, but I'm also a Red Sox fan. So that oh, makes oh well, there you go. That makes some people kind of angry in the Tampa community. But I was a Red Sox fan before the Rays were even a thing. So yeah, hearing that Stanton got booed out of the stadium kind of made me giggle. <laughs> so Kurt, let's go ahead we and, and up kick up this big panda then for you. Bring up what now? We won't bring up Panda for you. Uh, oh, sound oh, of that all. was so bad. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with that signing when it happened. And then, yeah, the fact that he got paid like $90 million just to go away was <laughs> a hilarious move. So let, let's go ahead and we're going to dive in to the New York Giants. And let's discuss kind of what's been going on with the Giants offseason so far. You know, what are, What have been some of the major moves or, or even some of the under-the-radar moves, some key additions, key losses? You know, kind of give us the scope as to what's going on with the Giants after a, a surprisingly disappointing season. A lot of people picked the Giants to do well, uh, potentially compete for the division, much like the Buccaneers, and it was just kind of a huge letdown for, for both of our teams here. So kind of give us some insight as to what's been going on with the Giants franchise uh, since the season ended. Yeah, I think most of the moves have been pretty major uh, moves for the Giants uh, in the offseason. Um, and and there probably or, or perhaps a couple more major moves uh, in the weeks ahead. Um, but uh, bringing in Nate Solder at left tackle was a real get uh, for new general manager Dave Gettleman. The Giants uh, had plotted along with Eric Flowers, and I think that was one of the reasons why um, really, the team was a paper tiger in 2017 because so much was dependent upon players uh, playing above what their regular standard had been um, in prior years. That, um, you know, you had guys like Eric Flowers at left tackle, John Jerry um, at right tackle, they had Bobby Hart, who proclaimed himself to be the best right tackle in the NFL in training camp. And then by the end of the season, he was cut. So 
Um, I guess that threw cold water onto his own personal evaluation. But just there was too much hope. And another guy I'll throw in there, too, is cornerback Eli Apple, where there was a lot of sizzle and there hasn't been much stake uh, in terms of his game over the you know past two years. And so I think it was uh, somewhat of a house of cards, and it came crashing down, and it came crashing down quickly on both uh, you know former head coach Ben McAdoo and former general manager Jerry Reese. And Dave Gettleman has come in, you know he has he's a former Giant executive. He had his run with the Carolina Panthers, got them to the Super Bowl. Um, really reconstructed a team that had a difficult cap situation. He's coming into the same kind of situation with the G-men in terms of the cap. But, you know, as I mentioned, getting Nate Solder in here to to solidify that left tackle spot. um, Now he's the highest paid left tackle in football. So, you know, Gettleman did overpay to get him here, but it was a critical piece um, for the Giants. And then they've also brought in Jonathan Stewart, traded for Alec Ogletree, uh, brought in uh, Kareem Martin from the Arizona Cardinals. So they've made, you know, some, I think, uh, pretty good moves over the, um, you know, the, over the offseason. Um, in, in terms of key uh, subtractions, Justin Pugh, who was, uh, you know, left guard, he, he's gone to Arizona now. And the team also cut Dominic Rogers Cromarty, who was their um, slot cornerback. And um, so they really have yet to replace uh, DRC. And I think that's probably one area they may look to the draft to, you know, fill that position. So there's been a lot of changes. I think he's done really well. I think the Ogletree trade um, was a great trade. And then, of course, um, the deal in terms of subtraction of trading uh, Jason Pierre-Paul to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, is more of a futuristic move. And um, so we'll see how that goes in terms of, uh, um, you know, who they're able to acquire with that third-round draft pick. Yeah, so a lot of moves by the Giants, Kurt, and, and I think, uh, Dave, you know, I'm – even though he's never been a Buccaneer or anything, I'm, I'm actually kind of a fan of Dave Gettleman, and I really hope that things work out uh, this second time around with the Giants. Obviously, coming out of Carolina, I think uh, it's been pretty well documented that move uh, that move of him leaving Carolina was more about personalities than it was about talent. So really cool to see him getting another crack at the general manager job. And uh, so as much as I'm not necessarily a Giants fan, I really, I really kind of hope he he's able to do well. Um, you talk about Jason Pierre-Paul, and I think for the most part, the Bucks fan base was pretty happy to to bring a player like him in. And you know, there, the the ones who the detractors from the deal were more focused on, oh, we could have got this other guy earlier, and and maybe that would have been better. But for the most part, it wasn't a knock on JPP, even those who weren't necessarily happy. But you've been watching him right for for a while now, so let Bucks fans know who just have kind of a general view of who. Jason Pierre-Paul is on the field. Let Bucks fans know what they're getting in in this player. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming out of uh, South Florida, I mean, the guy is incredibly athletic, um, and he's still incredibly athletic, um, you know, player. I think sometimes that works against them because we 
tend to expect a little bit more uh, perhaps out of him than, you know, is reasonable. Um, I I still think he's a solid defender. I think the trade was made, you know, to help, um, you know, both teams. I I think you're going to get some quality years out of um, JPP. I, you know, it's hard to say whether he's a double digit sack guy anymore, especially after the fireworks accident. But I'll tell you, you never had to question the effort the guy gave. Um, He's always 100% on the field. Uh, He'll make some outstanding plays for you. Uh, I think the one thing maybe Bucks fans have to get used to and and maybe Giants fans never did get used to is that he's not a real uh, vocal locker room leader type guy. Um, You know, and, and I think sometimes when guys make as much money um, as a Jason Pierre Paul, you know, did last year for the Giants, we expect them to be something they're not. And, uh, but I, you know, I think it's a good trade for the Bucks. I really see them uh, getting at least a couple good years out of uh, Jason Pierre Paul. And for the Giants, it freed up some cap space, not this year, but next year, you know, for them, um, because the Giants have a lot of different needs. And um, so we'll see you know, what happens futuristically. But, I, I, you know, I think it was a more of a trade at a necessity for the Giants um, for them to kind of move forward, you know, under Gettleman with um, a new roster and some different, uh, you know, roster configurations um, than we saw under former general manager Jerry Reese. Kurt, somebody else that has been floated out there <clears throat> involving – a trade with the Giants is, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. Now, the outside perception, you're much closer to the situation than than we are. But the outside perception is there's a lot of immaturity issues. There's some questionable decision-making off the field. There was the video that surfaced with, you know, the Instagram model and some unknown substances. Uh, there was the, the boat party a, a few years ago. Just for all the talent in the world, it seems like, Odell Beckham Jr. makes some kind of boneheaded moves every now and again. And it started to, to circulate now. And, and Adam Schefter said today that he truly believes that a, a trade involving Odell Beckham Jr. is going to happen. What can you kind of tell us about what's going on with, with him from a much closer perspective? I mean, is, is perception reality? Do you believe that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to get moved as part of this kind of rebuild mode for the Giants with with Eli getting close to being on his way out. I, how do you see this all kind of playing out? And what what's your opinion on on the whole thing? Well, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the things that you mentioned are, you know, 100 percent accurate. I think they do concern uh, the front office. Um, I think that putting Ben McAdoo in charge of that for the past couple years uh, probably wasn't the smartest thing in the world. Um, and now having Pat Shermer, um, just on the chance that Beckham is with the team in 2018, makes a lot more sense in terms of managing this elite talent who is a mercurial person as well. So um, it's it's been a challenge. I mean, it's not just the stuff that you mentioned, punching the locker room wall at Lambeau Field. You know, and and I think that the you know you mentioned immaturity was a sign of immaturity. You guys, you know, went on a boat trip, and I think that's also one of the reasons why Victor Cruz was cut 
um, because as a veteran, you know, leader, he was on that boat trip uh, along with Beckham and, and some other guys. So, you know, I, I look at it and say, okay, you know, you had your one trip to the playoffs. He didn't perform well against the Green Bay Packers. Then after that, he got frustrated, punched a wall at Lambeau Field, you know, and, and then, then general manager Jerry Reese, this guy's got to grow up. And then, you know, everything's fine. And then what happens, you know, the next time when he, um, you know, goes to Philadelphia and does the dog peeing in the end zone and he gets everybody upset and he's just, you know, and then gets on Twitter and it's like, why all the haters? Well, it's not, you know, it's not that the haters, I mean, there's a good percentage of the fan base in New York that would support this guy through anything. Um, and I think sometimes that gives people a false sense of security because, hey, look at it. He, you know, he had a pretty major injury this year. You know, your NFL career could, you know, change at the drop of a hat. And I think he has to be mindful of that, um, you know, as well, that, that he needs to, you know, grow up, uh, be part of first, you know, the franchise and team, and then he can take whatever else he does um, to whatever level he wants. But I, I think that's the missing part is that he's not oftentimes, um, you know, considered himself part of this team. It's like, you know, everybody talks about like the Giants and Odell Beckham as if he's, an, um, you know, a separate entity, you know, in and of himself. And I think that's the, you know, the curious thing. I, I would think he's in play to be traded um, the only deal I think, and I've been pondering this, you know, for a couple weeks now that makes sense for me is actually if the Cleveland Browns and New York Giants trade places. And what I mean by that is you give the number two pick in Beckham to Cleveland and the Giants get number one and number four. And so in essence, um, you know, say the Giants then can draft um, Sam Darno and Saquon Barkley. Um, in you know, in that scenario, that's the only one that makes sense. You know, the the trade to the Rams is a non-starter. I mean, sorry, the twenty third pick for Odell Beckham doesn't get me excited. Uh, you know, and even you know, going going other places, if it's if it's not a top ten pick, in fact, if it's not a top five pick, then I would question why. Um, then I would have to think that we can try and, you know, manage his behavior. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. Then after that, they can franchise him. Um, so if they want, he's not going anywhere. Um, but those concerns are still out there, no question about it. And I would think um, this year, while he's in that last year of his rookie deal, is the time to trade him if you're, New York, if you're the New York Giants. Well, and, and of course, to you know, to your point about the Rams, that that pick now has been traded to the Patriots as part of the Brandon Cooks deal. So now you have a New England Patriots team who has this small two-year window <clears throat> and now possess three picks within the top forty-five, and you're starting to see the rumblings that are are the Patriots going to be players for Odell Beckham Jr. There's two affordable years left on his rookie deal. They have about a two-year window left with Tom Brady. You know, do they bring him in and, and, and make a run at things using, you know, 
they have two first rounders and two second rounders. Can they facilitate a deal? And then once Odell Beckham Jr.'s deal is up, chances are Brady's retiring. I think Belichick leaves with Brady and they're going to blow the whole thing up. Let somebody else potentially overpay for Odell Beckham Jr. on the open market. But it's one of those one of those situations where it seems to all kind of line up. There's denial already that it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised in the least if the Patriots make a push to get Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me, but I, I just think that it can't be one of these volume trades where you're getting a bunch of picks. There's, there's really got to be a value for the Giants to, you know, to do this because, like it or not, it's going to be a PR um, you know, nightmare trading this guy. So they better get uh, something, you know, in return. Now he th- he is in the last year of his rookie deal, so he's got the one year at about nine million this year, and then after that they can they can franchise him. But while he's under team control, um, I think it it would make sense for them to trade him, you know, this draft and uh, have a team work out. Um, you know, a long-term extension, you know, for Beckham, you know, as well. I never thought the Rams, uh, the only reason that had an attraction was that he makes his off-season home in Los Angeles. But I just never thought from an assets standpoint, it really made sense, uh, you know, for him to be going to Los Angeles. I, I know the Rams would probably love to have him, but they just didn't have enough to get it done. Now, whether the Patriots can package, you know, those picks you talked about, um, and parlay that into a better draft pick to make this more attractive for the Giants. That's a possibility, but I just don't see Beckham going to anyone for for a volume of picks. Yeah, no, that very valid points. That Cleveland trade idea is actually an interesting one. That's the first time I've I've heard that scenario from someone. So that's actually kind of an interesting idea, and. You know, I, I'm with you on the Rams, especially with, with today's deal. I mean, it looks like Los Angeles is essentially going all out. I mean, the NFC is is pretty wide open, I think. Last season, really anybody between the Saints, Vikings, Rams, and obviously the Eagles could have come out of the NFC. So I think the Rams are really kind of pushing all their chips in this year, uh, trying to trying to make a push for the top of the, of the NFC Hill with all the, the parity that we have uh, in the conference. So definitely a fluid, a fluid situation, interesting one to watch. As we get closer to the draft, I think that's going to be uh, a huge move. If if it does go come go down, uh, like you say it might, then uh, definitely could be a very very big thing going into the draft. Uh, so very interesting stuff to look at. So we've covered all the departures from the Giants, the potential departures from the Giants, and the additions. So let's get into the draft now, right? That's what we're doing this series for, and and that's why you've been able to. That's why you were you were agreed to to join us tonight. What, where do you see the Giants as needing to go? Like what If you have to order their team needs going into the draft as it stands today, where, where, do, you, where do you think the most important need is at? Well, I, I, you know, I look at the number two pick um, as something you know, unique. And the last time the Giants were in a similar situation, um, then general manager Ernie Acorsi, you know, packaged um, – you know, his fourth pick and a number one next year, second round pick and, you know, trade that became the Eli Manning trade. And uh, that, you know, regardless of whether or not, 
you know, folks like Manning, and he has two Super Bowl victories. I think he's been a product of a faulty offensive line for the past several years. Um, you can't fault that trade, getting a, a quarterback that's going to play 15 years for you. Um, no one can argue with that. And I think I, I would think that Dave Gettleman has to look at it, you know, in those terms. Now, is somebody like Penn State running back Saquon Barkley tempting? Absolutely. Um, I just wrote an article that says, you know, hey, Barkley can maybe, uh, you know, come in, be an all-pro the first year, add a couple wins, you know, to the ledger just by being there, you know. But, you know, does does a 9-7 and record really float your boat that way? Or... Are you going to look at it and say, what can we do with this pick that is going to be transformational for our franchise? And for me personally, I lean towards using the pick to be transformational. Um, Let's face it, running backs do not have the longevity um, in this league that other positions, you know, like quarterback or even, you know, the, the, position with the most longevity is actually offensive tackle um, in the league. Now, they've solved the left tackle problem. Um, Their quarterback is getting up there in age. He's in the final two years of his deal. And um, I think if you're convinced that any one of the three quarterbacks, and those being Darno, Josh Rosen, and Josh Allen, um, are, you know, Two of the three are going to be available to them. I mean, that's obvious. Um, I I push Baker Mayfield aside. I don't like spread offenses, quarterbacks coming from spread offenses out of college. And I think, you know, trying to manage his personality if Beckham's still on the team together is just asking for trouble. And Dave Gettleman's a straight-up guy. Pat Shermer's a straight-up guy. Um, And John Mara, the owner, is a straight-up guy. So, you know, that's just asking for trouble. I think they realize that. Um, so then it, come, it really comes down to, you, you know, do you want the most talented uh, player in this draft to be a shot in the arm for your team, no doubt, or are you going to take a long-term approach to this? Um, and that would be drafting a quarterback. All right. Well, Kurt, it's, it's that time. The New York Giants are on the clock. Sam Darnold is off the board. He is a Cleveland Brown. So in your, in your opinion, and we want what you truly believe the Giants will do in this situation, not necessarily your personal preference, because from some people we've talked to, those two things differ quite a bit based on them and their team. Who are the New York Giants selecting at number two in the 2018 NFL draft? Well, I'm going to go with Josh Allen, uh, quarterback out of Wyoming. Um, I think that Dave Gettleman is trying to take both a short-term and long-term approach here. Um, He learned at the hand of Ernie Acorsi, and I think if Ernie Acorsi were in a similar situation now, he would go for the franchise quarterback, and I think that's what ultimately Gettleman will do. 
Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree with you. I think if the Giants are in the situation, you hope to never be drafting this high again. You want to go ahead and take that quarterback at number two to set up your franchise for the next decade after Eli retires. I know it's not it's not going to be the favor pick of some people. In fact, my my beloved co-host over here disagrees with me vehemently that the Giants should take quarterback, but I think that's what they should do, and ultimately it's what I think they will do. Yeah, I think so too. I think the luster is off tra- you know, trading the pick for a volume of picks. Um, yeah, that serves a uh, purpose of, of solving some short-term you know, problems, but like I said, I think uh, Gettleman is there to, to have a long-term strategy, and I think that's why quarterback makes sense here. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. I can't deny that it makes sense. It just doesn't fit my own football theology, but uh, that's that's why Dave Gettleman is sitting in the GM seat. And like I said, you're much closer to the team, so that's why we brought you on here. Um, everything you said makes sense, and it, it definitely seems like a logical choice. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, uh, is is a great prospect. I mean, his arm is obviously great, right? And I think that some of his accuracy issues have more to do with where he was playing and who he was playing with than it does – his own arm. So I don't think those are going to be as, as big an issue as some people are, are making them out to be. And I, and I know for a fact that you made our guest uh, for Friday's episode, very happy by taking Josh Allen off the board for him. Oh, so, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and the other thing about Allen is when I was looking at him in, in terms of, you know, some of the film I looked at and I, I you know, the tools are obvious. Okay. But the other thing about him is, you know, you always try to strike a resemblance. So who's this guy remind you of? And he reminds me of, uh, and this is going to be a funny comparison, but he reminds me of Jay Cutler with a better attitude and a better work ethic. And if you think about that, like Cutler had a lousy attitude and a so-so work ethic, and but he was he was a pretty good NFL quarterback. So if you can combine the 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 skill set with a better attitude and work ethic, you know this guy could be dynamite. Yeah, one one hundred percent. All right, well, Kurt, thank you so much for some of your time tonight. Really enjoyed uh, hearing some of your takes and some of your insight on the New York Giants. Of course, everybody can find you over at gmenhq.com. That is Fansided's New York Giants page. We are very happy to be part of the Fansided network as well. So we enjoy getting uh, getting fellow Fansiders a, a platform on, on this particular show to be able to speak about their team. And you are on Twitter at KurtMac23. That's Kurt with a C. Um, anything that you have in, in the works that... that people listening can can check out what you're doing over there at gmen hq uh you know a lot of the draft stuff i did do a um you know a perspective on jason pierre paul's you know career as a new york giant mentioning a lot of things that i had said um you know kind of trying to figure out whether he is a ring of honor um you know potential member of the giants ring of honor um, I think his career statistics actually match up incredibly close with uh, uh, former Giant great Justin Tuck, ironically. Um, so I think at the end of the day, he might be a uh, Ring of Honor member. And I, I wish him, you know, the best in Tampa, um, 
Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers, um, you know, coming back from uh, the accident showed a lot of heart. Um, and, you know, the guy put in a tremendous amount of effort, <clears throat> you know, to come back and play in the NFL and has proven to be a quality player. But so, you know, nothing but the best to him and the Buccaneers, um, you know, and his new teammates in 2018. All right, well, yeah, Bucks fans are definitely going to want to check that out over at gmenhq.com. Kurt, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate some of your time tonight. Hey, I appreciate it, guys, and looking forward to, you know, speaking with you throughout the season. Oh, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll get you back on here before too long and uh, and discuss, you know, what what you guys ended up doing in the draft and kind of the outlooks for uh, for our team. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that coming up here uh in the coming months as we start to get closer to the season. I appreciate it guys. Thanks, All right. Kurt. Thank you. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. That was Kurt Mackison of G men Uh, part of the fan sided network. <clears throat> and again, you can follow him on Twitter at Kurt Mac 23. That's Kurt with a C C U R T M A C the number two and the number three. David, we're going to go ahead and get into uh, a little bit of of Buccaneers news. Nothing major going on here. Um, But there was a little bit of news that broke today that there is a a new player on the Buccaneers. If you look at the roster, there is now a player by the name of Adarius Taylor. Did you see this? I did, yeah. I, I saw that he changed his name uh, from Adarius Glenn to Adarius Taylor uh, to honor his father, right? He he sure. did. I guess the story is his father passed away when he was nine, and he had always said that before he got married, he was going to honor his dad, um, you know, by changing his name. Glenn is his is his mother's name. So that was it was just a fun little tidbit uh that popped up on the news feed today. Of course, our uh friend of the show, Scott Smith, the senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, has a story about that up on Buccaneers.com. But other than that, I mean David, not a whole heck of a lot going on in the world of Buccaneers football. We're all just kind of ramping up for the draft. You know, the free agency as we talked about, free agent frenzy has has slowed down. You know, that first initial wave has kind of, you know, died off. People are are focusing on the draft now. And then once the draft happens and then they're signing undrafted free agents and they start getting into OTs and things like that, we'll see the second and third waves of free agency pick up. But, yeah, really the biggest news was uh, Adarius Glanton has now changed his – legally changed his name. This isn't a, a – Chad Ocho Cinco situation. It's a real name. Um, has changed his name to Adarius Taylor. And before we we sign off here, um, I just want to say, ha 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 ha, nanny nanny boo boo. I win the Giants conversation. Well, just because everybody thinks they're going to take a quarterback doesn't mean it's the right move. I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, still still right. I will take it. All right. Well, coming up on Friday show, as as David kind of teased, um, from the Empire Rights Back, 
a uh, another fan-sided page, and this one covers all things New York sports. The Giants, the Jets, the Yankees, the Mets, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils, the Nets, the Knicks. Have you noticed that a lot of New York teams end in Ets? Yeah. I just realized that as I started rattling all this off. But good friend of the show and a friend of the pewterplank.com, of course, is Alan Schechter. And he is going to come on and make the pick for the um, for the New York Jets. And, and as you said, he's going to be very excited that Josh Allen has been taken because apparently some Jets fans are not big fans of Josh Allen. So be interesting to talk to um, to talk to Allen about that and some of the moves that the Jets have makes. They made some great signings in free agency. Um, yeah, they're, they're making moves, but they still need their quarterback. They have, uh, they have McCown back. They have Teddy Bridgewater, but you know, who, we know McCown's not their quarterback in the future. We don't know how Teddy is going to bounce back. So it'll be interesting to get some insight from Alan Schechter of empire rights back on Friday show about the New York jets. And other than that, David, uh, you have anything else for the for the good of the order as the Tampa Bay Lightning are now winning four to nothing? I love this team. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. You're good. All right. Well, I, again, a sincere thank you to Kurt Mackison of G Men HQ. Really appreciate some of his time tonight to talk New York Giants football. Uh, as for all of you Buccaneers fans, I, I do highly recommend you go check out Kurt's article on uh, Jason Pierre-Paul's tenure with the Giants. But you can check out everything that we are doing about the Buccaneers over at thepewterplank.com. We, of course, have our draft profile series going strong, one prospect per day, all the way up into the NFL draft. And it's not just the big name, household name guys. There are a lot of those um, on the front end of this series. But we're covering guys that are going to be taken day one, day two, and day three. So there's going to be some prospects that you don't know much about, maybe haven't heard of, get you some insight as to what they have done in their collegiate career and how they can help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can, of course, follow everything that we're doing on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Pewter Plank, at JRCO underscore Bucks and at DH82 underscore bucks. And if you're you're feeling kind of, you know, kind of froggy, you can check out our new store at tpublic.com slash bucks dash gear. Yeah, we're, uh, David and I are working on making some t-shirts and, and putting them up there and uh, hope, to, hope that you guys like them. But yeah, check out our store over at tpublic.com slash bucks dash gear. As always, thanks to each and every one of you for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks. Yankee had more famous than a Yankee king.